welcome everyone to Behind the Mask Podcast. I'm your host, Coach Jeremy. In this podcast, we discuss the characteristics of ego, self-discovery, and finding our most authentic self. Remember, I don't claim to be the expert. I'm here to merely share my knowledge, understanding, and experiences with the sole interest of helping others. Welcome back, everybody, to the uh, second episode of Behind the Mask podcast, um, a journey in which we're going to discover all about the different dynamics of who we are and what makes us tick. Um, Behind the Mask is based off of a book that I wrote uh, that talks about ego and the mask being our social mask, the roles that we play, the um, defining of who we think we are. As we go through this today, we're going to get into the, the first characteristic of ego. <clears throat> and before we really get started, I want to kind of put a little, a few disclaimers out there. A little bit about myself, and, and I'll allude to a lot of my own personal story through the course of these uh, episodes. But one of the things that I have come as I've grown into my true authentic self is I get very raw and I have nothing to hide or hold back. And so I'll be talking about th different experiences that I have. Now, I don't claim to be a, any sort of expert or have, you know, years of indoctrinated studies saying that, oh, I'm the expert of ego. For me, one of the things about me is that I absolutely love people. And I love to help people see more of who they really are. And so that's really the purpose and the motivation behind doing this podcast is to talk about things that helped me in my life and that I have implemented in other aspects of my life, such as work, coaching, mentoring, training. And so again, we all as human beings, we learn things differently. And if the information that I share with you does not really connect with you, by all means, that's great. I'm sure that there will be someone out there that will give you the information that you need and that you'll connect with. And then my hope is for those people that this information does connect with you and it does resonate with you, then it could be of some service and help of helping you discover who you are. So that's the first disclaimer is that I just wanted to you know put it out there because human nature is that we are constantly hearing new information and then we always question, well, where does this person know or how do they know? And so a lot of my information is through my own personal experiences, experiences of others in my life, as well as just I have done research and, and so forth. So that's the first one. The second one is as I go through, I mentioned that I'm going to be very raw and authentic, and I'm going to share a lot of experiences with you. And I want to make this very clear. The people in my life... I love them all. The experiences that I have had are my experiences. It's my perception, my reality. People that I talk about may not agree with that reality, and that's okay. I will never share a story with the intention to speak ill, degrade, or make someone try or try to make them feel bad about themselves. We all have a role. 
And the reality of it is in my own personal life, I know that I've helped people and I know that I've hurt people. And so as I go through and as I share these experiences, I just want to make sure that the people that I care about hear about it. If they hear something that may be discouraging about their experience with me or about my experience with them, it's not with the intention to make them look bad. But for me, I need to be real and I need to be authentic in sharing those experiences because of the lessons and the value that came from those experiences. And so again, I'm never going to talk with malintent to try to make somebody look bad. Um, One of the things, for example, is that I'll talk about my experiences with my father growing up. And today, me and my father have a great relationship. Was it always that way? No. And was there, were there things that were done that drastically hurt me? Yeah. However, I don't sit there and hold on to those things and we have grown and moved beyond those things. So I just wanted to put that disclaimer out there. And that's probably something that you'll hear me say often as I go into some of these stories and experiences that I'll be sharing to illustrate the points of, um, that I'm trying to get across. So having said that, let's kind of dive into now today's episode. Uh, today's episode, we're going to talk about really an overview of how ego comes into our being, how it comes into our psyche. Based off the experience and the, the information that I have been able to research and study, So we'll talk a little bit about that as well as we'll get into the first characteristic of ego, which is seeking validation. So it's when you talk about an, a topic like ego, it's very hard because it's not like it's a tangible product or a tangible item. It's something that you really can't tell when and where it shows up. Does it have, is it something that's part of us from when we are born? Is it something that comes later in life? The reality of it is I don't think anyone can really determine what that is. But in my experiences, here's what I have seen. Ego is not necessarily a bad thing initially. And here's why I say that. In my experiences and looking at this and studying this, Ego is a survival mechanism that comes to us in a time of a great traumatic experience. Let me elaborate. When you watch young children, you see little infants and toddlers. They really don't care what other people think about them. They go about doing their things regardless. And a lot of times you're always telling them, no, don't do this. No, don't do that but they're innocent in the way that they perceive themselves and they they perceive the world. Now, as they get older, usually within the five to seven range, now all of a sudden they start challenging the parameters of life. Most often, it's during those years where a very traumatic experience happens. And that traumatic experience goes and challenges the idea of who we really are. For example, for me when I was younger, I remember a time when I was probably six years old and I spilled a huge jug of orange juice on the ground. Well, I was freaked out knowing that I'd get in trouble for this. And I went and told my mom and she said, well, you better clean it up. So being young, I go and get some towels. I get some pine salt because I know that's how she cleans it up. I pour the pine salt in the orange juice and try to clean it up with the towels. 
Then from there, the fumes from all of the pine saw and the smell of orange juice mixed together, trying to clean this up. I end up throwing up all over the place on top of everything. So what happens? I'm now freaking out. I'm puking. I'm crying. My mom gets out of the shower, comes in and sees the disaster that I created. And what happens? She makes a comment, being frustrated, being a human being, and said, why did you do something so stupid? How could you be so stupid that you did that? Again, going back to my disclaimer, right? These are my experiences and these are things that I remember and hold on to. And I don't sit there and judge my mom and tell her she was a horrible mother for it. We all have our own issues. However, for me personally, as a child, you don't, I didn't think of myself as stupid up to that point. But when you have a person that's an authoritative figure in your life that all of a sudden casts upon you this idea that, oh, something's wrong with me, then what happens? It's, it's usually those times that ego swoops into our life. And it swoops into our life because our brain, the logic part of us, this innocence, this idea that we are all wonderful, perfect, and, and whole, now something's wrong with us. Well, how do, I, how do I come to terms with that? And so ego all of a sudden comes into a role as a rescuer and a survival mechanism. And it tells us, well, you're not that, you're not, it's not that you're stupid, stupid. It's just you're clumsy. Or it's not that you're dumb. It's just that, you know, you're funny, so focus on that. And the process of that ego, the process of that mask, that facade that we have to play to come to terms with something that is so devastating and traumatic in our lives and those experiences. Right? Think about, as you are listening to this, think about those moments in your childhood where you were told something about yourself that was very negative that was very traumatic you're so stupid oh why do you do those types of things no one's going to love you no one's going to want to play with you no one's going you're, you don't you don't deserve that those are messages that are giving to given to us in our society and as a young age we start to adapt those faulty core beliefs about ourselves. and that's one thing that in a, a future episode we're going to talk about which is our gremlin messages but as we receive those messages, ego swoops into our psyche to rescue us from, from dealing with that and helping us to understand that. And so as we go through the process of really defining ego, we need to understand why it is that it came into us, how that has influenced and impacted our lives and our decision and our behavior, and then to truly fully become authentic, right? Once you understand where you're starting from and where you're at, then we can start to decipher how we can change and, and get out of that, that, that mode. So I want to start off by, by sharing, and I, I mentioned this in the first episode, that one of my first experiences in really understanding ego was I was reading a book of Deepak Chopra that was referred to me from a coworker, and it's The Seven Spiritual Laws of Success. And I wanted to read a portion of this that, that really will be the basis and foundation of a lot of the discussion and topics that we'll be going into. In the very first law, which is called the law of pure potentiality, 
Deepak goes in here and she says, the experience of the self or self-referral means that our internal reference point is our own spirit and not the objects of our experience. The opposite of self-referral is object referral. In object referral, we are always influenced by objects outside the self, which include situations, circumstances, people, and things. In object referral, we are constantly seeking the approval of others. We are thinking and our behavior are always in an anticipation of a response. It is therefore fear-based. So I'm going to pause here from reading from this and, and remember the, in the very first episode we talked about there's the four characteristics which are seeking validation, living in fear, control, and power. So as I was reading this and talking and going through this in the state of my own life and experiences, I was at a point in my career where I was like, man, I've done so many different things and I've had a successful career, but I feel like I don't even know who I am. And we'll get to a point where we talk a lot about perspective and mindset. And when we, when we go into the methods on how we can let go of ego and become more true and self-reflective and more authentic, there's a key points here that I want to make sure that we talk about. And this is what I'm referring back to is there's two reference points in our, our perspective and our experiences in life. There's an internal perspective. So an inside out perspective, or there's an outside in perspective. And most often Many of us live life from an outside-in perspective. We are seeking outside knowledge to understand our internal issues. And so that's what he's talking about here. So going back to the book, he says, In object referral, we also feel an intense need to control things. We feel an intense need for external power. The need for approval, the need to control things, and the need for external power are needs that are based on fear. This kind of power is not the power of pure potentiality or the power of self or real power. When we experience the power of the self, there is an absence of fear. There is no compulsion to control, no struggle for approval or external power. In object referral, your internal reference point is your ego. The ego, however, is not who you really are. The ego is your self-image. It is your social mask. It is the role you're playing your social mass thrives on approval, it wants control, and is sustained by power because it lives in fear. Your true self, which is your spirit, your soul, is completely free of those things. It is immune to criticism, it is unfearful of any challenge, and it feels beneath no one. And yet, it is also humble and feels superior to no one. Because it recognizes that everyone else is the same self, the same spirit, in, the same, in a different disguise. So for me, that was a starting point to really start looking into this whole concept of ego. So this, the first characteristic of ego, which is seeking validation. So going back to the part, and this really kind of stood out to me, is he says, you know, the object referral or the outside-in perspective, we are always influenced by objects outside the self, which includes situations, circumstances, people, and things. And we are constantly seeking the approval of others. So now let's take a look at that and let's look at that more. Let's deep dive more into that topic. We are truly living in an era. So if that's an ego perspective, like Deepak says, we are truly living in an era of ego. Over the last 20 years, think about 
how the most important influences in our lives have to do with a like button, a thumbs up, some sort of response. And as I look back and reflect on my life, it goes even deeper than that. Because, yeah, you could say that that's surface level, you know, the social media, the likes, being approved, who doesn't like to be approved, you know, for who they are. But then it goes to when you really start to take a look at this, it goes to an even deeper level. So one thing about me, for those who know about know me or follow me, um, basketball has been a very big part of my life. Uh, I grew up playing basketball. I started a little bit later on in my youth, but I grew up playing basketball. I had the fortune and opportunity to be able to play college basketball. Um, it's something that's a very big passion for me. Um, it's something that I pass on to my children who are, are have the opportunity to play basketball and even pursue their dreams to get their college education taken care of. So basketball is a very big deal, and it's a passion of mine. However, when I look back at it, basketball was one of those things that really came in to my life in a very egocentric perspective. So when I was younger, I just played soccer, and I only wanted to play soccer. And my dad didn't like soccer. He didn't, he, you know, contrary to beliefs, my dad's Mexican, and he didn't like soccer. And so he would always encourage me and ask me, do you want to play basketball? Would you want to play basketball? And I said, no, leave me alone. I don't want to play basketball. I want to play soccer. So finally, after so many years of, hey, do you want to play basketball? Do you want to play basketball? I finally said, okay, fine, yes, I'll play basketball. And in my thought, it's like, okay, I'll go play basketball, do it for one season, and then he'll leave me alone. I go back to playing soccer. So I went to basketball practice, just did a local rec league, and I remember, you know, I was I was pretty athletic and, and a little bit, well, not a little bit, but I was bigger than most kids my age. And so my very first game, I remember playing, and I was decent enough that I could grab the rebound, dribble all the way down the court really fast and beat most everyone down the court with my right hand, and then I would go and shoot a layup and make some of them and miss probably the majority of them. Well, I actually fouled out of the game because I would run people over because in soccer you can do that. In basketball you can. It's called a charging foul. So after that game, or after I guess a couple games, my dad came out on the court one time and he said, look, here's some things that you can do while, you know, the, here's some options so you're not just running through people. And he started to show me how to dribble through his legs and behind his back and do things I'd never seen my dad do. And I was, like, blown away from that. But another thing happened that day is that, for me, that was a moment in my youth that I remember feeling fully accepted and feeling like, oh, this validates me. Me being, a, being able to play basketball gives me a relationship with my dad. And at that point in time, I was validated and I put on the mask of Jeremy, the basketball player. And that's something that I worked hard at and I excelled at. And, but I was also defined by that. So the validation piece isn't necessarily that it's always a bad thing because there's positive outcomes that come from it. However, 
It's the needing the validation. It's the doing the activities and behaviors with the intention to get the approval. And in doing so, we are defining ourselves in a very limited space. But it's a very safe space because ego has control over that. It's a safe space because our fear of being exposed of maybe we're not good at something or we're not valuable or we're not worthy or not lovable. So that's where the validation comes in as a very high mechanism or characteristic of ego. So I want you to take a moment as you're listening to this and maybe maybe pause this or stop it right now and write down some of the areas of your life that you have had validation or that you have held on to a title, whether that's something that someone told you, whether that's a, a career, whether that's um, a sport. And really be honest and true and authentic with yourself and saying that, yeah, this is, this is how I define myself, but is that really who I am? Or is that just a role that I play? So the first characteristic of ego being seeking validation constantly because of fear of being exposed, fear of not knowing what we are or who we are, that's where ego keeps us in this outside-in perspective and something that I refer to as an egocentric perspective within our own relationships, right? Do you need another person in your life because that validates you that you're not a loser? Do you need a certain career so that validates you as being valuable in the world? Do you have to drive a certain car because that validates you as being someone of importance? So be honest with ourselves to really sit down and say, okay, am I defined by what? And what are the areas that I need to be and have approval of? Another one of my areas growing up is I was always, you know, I was always into fashion and, and so forth. And, you know, I did win the best dressed award in my high school in my senior year. So, you know, there's that. But I remember growing up and my dad used to always tell me, son, you always got to dress like you're worth a million dollars and you have to invest in yourself. And, and he would go get custom suits and um, a mentor of his always told him that. And so that was something that he passed on to us. Again, not a bad thing, not a negative thing. But I, I construed that as saying, oh, well, if you look good, then you must be good. And so as I had grown up early on in my career, and even through high school, if I dress good, then I'm good. Again, another facade. I needed people to perceive me in a certain way, so therefore I dressed a certain way. These aren't bad things, but they're things that take us away from being who we are. Jim Carrey interestingly said, when we are constantly seeking approval from others, we become invisible to the world. So think about that. So as we start wrapping this time up in this episode of seeking validation, again, these are things that we're going to talk about and just defining what the characteristics are. And then in later episodes, we're going to get more into the aspect of, okay, now how do I get, what's the opposite option of that? What is the opposite behavior of that? 
And how do I not need to approve of other people? How do I get to a point where I can be fully authentic, that I don't need the validation from outside-in factors? But for today, it's just merely, we are merely laying the foundation and understanding what these characteristics are and how they have influenced our lives up to this point. So as you go through the process, and I hope you took the time and opportunity, whether you pause it or even after this episode, get down a journal, piece of paper, and write down the areas in which you fully know that the validation and approval of others matters more than anything else. And be honest, as we do that, you start to discover really how much of our day goes into getting the some sort of response for activity, actions, behaviors, and things that we do. On that note, want to thank you for joining me today. Hopefully there's some good insight. Uh, take on the challenge of doing some of these things to self-discover and be self-aware. And we'll talk more about in the next episode the second characteristic of ego, which is living in fear and how the validation and fear tie in hand in hand and influencing our lives. I want to genuinely thank you all for joining us today as we journey together down this path to self-discovery. If you are interested in more content, tools, resources, or like to follow me on social media, you can find me at Coach Jeremy Martin, or you can visit our website at www.coachjeremymartin.com. Wishing you all a blessed day and know that we all have magnificence inside us. <laughs>